quick. Let's go to John, the fourth chapter, the gospel according to John, the fourth chapter, uh, our theme scripture, our foundational scripture, John, the fourth chapter, verse number four through 24. I know it's a lot of reading. Amen. If you didn't go to Bible study this week, you're going to get it this morning. Amen. John, the fourth chapter, verse number 24, the gospel according to John, the fourth chapter, uh, verse number four. Everybody say, I'm a well woman. John, the fourth chapter, beginning at verse number four. If you have it, say amen. If you don't have it, say wait on me. Amen. Okay, I heard it real soft. I'll wait on you. Praise the Lord. John, the fourth chapter, verse number four. Amen. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. Verse number four. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village, Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised. For Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink of water? Jesus replied, if, if you only knew. I almost started singing, if only you knew. If you only knew the gift of God, the gift God has for you, and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. Verse number 11, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestors, Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Verse 13, Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Uh, Jesus says, um, uh, go and get your husband. Verse 17, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. You certainly spoke the truth. Everybody say that. You certainly spoke the truth. Verse number 19, sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount uh, Gerizim where our ancestors worship? Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will, when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. 
you Samaritans know very little about the one you worship while we Jews know all about him for our salvation comes from the Jews. But the time is coming. Indeed, it is here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way for God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Thus ends our text for this morning. I want to talk from the subject a well woman. A well woman. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you well? Ladies, I almost said gentlemen, ladies, God desires for you to be a woman that is well woman that is well in all aspects of life, well in your mind, well in your emotions, well in your health, well even in your relationships. I don't know about you, but is there any woman in here that want to be well in your finances? God says, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. God wants you to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season. God says your leaves will never wither, and whatever you do will prosper. Grab your sister by the hand and say, whatever you do, it's got to prosper. But in order, ladies, to walk in wellness, we must see that there is a deep correlation. Watch this between wellness, here we go, and honesty. That the process of wellness, wholeness, and stability in your life is always birthed out of a deep sense of truth and honesty within yourself. That's why Jesus said, for you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free that your freedom is inextricably tied to the level you are able to tell and receive the truth. When was the last time you were honest about how you really felt? I knew you was going to get quiet. It's all right. I'm coming through here anyway. When was the last time you didn't give a generic answer to how you doing? When was the last time you gave yourself permission to say, I'm not okay? When was the last time you told the truth of how you really felt about how you being treated by the people that's in your life? Because you know what I discovered? Church people, not y'all, somewhere else. Church people don't like to tell the truth. I, I discovered a long time ago, I've been pastoring nine years now, and, and I discovered a long time ago that when people sit in front of me and they're talking about their issues and they need counseling, they never tell me the whole truth. They tell me the cleaned up version of what really happened, but they don't like to get down and dirty about what really went on. I know, I know y'all getting quiet because we have learned how to teach the church to be professional liars, but I need you to look down your row and say, we ain't lying today. We ain't going to lie today. No, we're going to tell the truth. We're going to be honest. We're going to be straight up with it. We're going to tell it like a T.I. is. Y'all ain't old school like I am. Is there anybody in here that say, I'm tired of putting on a facade. I'm tired of trying to act like everything is wonderful. I'm tired of trying to manage everything and put a smile on my face. 
place. Sometimes I don't feel good. Sometimes I don't feel good. Sometimes I feel like all hell is coming against me. And everybody is asking me to put on a facade and fake it until I make it. The devil is a liar. Is there anybody in here that believe whom the sun sets free is free indeed? And I decree and declare that on this morning, I made up in my mind, it's time to tell the truth. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to tell the truth. God ordered your footsteps to be at the Freedom Church today so you can take the mask off. You can let your hair down. You can drop the facade and tell the truth. I, I, I know this is going to be a little controversial, but I need to go ahead and say it. Some of you need to tell the truth. The truth is that sometimes I hate my life. I'm coming through here now. The truth is, sometimes I battle with my emotions and they get the best of me. Oh, the truth is that sometimes I struggle to like myself. The truth is that sometimes temptation gets the best of me. The truth is that what God says and what I'm living don't look the same. God, I wish I had somebody. The truth is I'm struggling to keep my faith up. The truth is I love my family, but sometimes I don't like them. I ain't got no real people. I wish I had a real honest church in here this morning that say, I know they my blood, they my kid, and I love them, but sometimes I don't like them. I need a mother in here that say, I love that child, but every now and again, I look at them a little cross-sided and wonder, did you come from somebody else than me? Give your neighbor a high five and say, tell the truth, tell the truth, tell the truth, tell the truth. And the problem is that we don't like to tell the truth because it seems safer to hide behind the lie. We'd rather not completely be honest to avoid the consequences of telling the truth. Because this ain't for you, maybe for your neighbor. If I really started telling the truth, some relationships in my life will have to come to an end. I ain't got no honest people. I'm trying to break up this fallow ground because some of y'all need to really just go ahead and be honest that there's some people you would not be friends with if you really told the truth. There's some people you wouldn't even date anymore if you really told the truth. And is there anybody in here that say, I didn't come this early in the morning for me to live a lie another day? It is time for me to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the... tell a lie than to be honest so that we avoid hurting the person we need to be honest with. And God says that I need you to be honest so that you can be well. I need you to be honest so you can be well. I need you to be honest so you can be well. Because I'm not saying this as an expert. I, you, you let me know if I'm right or wrong. The pains and perils of womanhood will move you to retreat into dishonesty. When you've been betrayed, when you've been broken, when you've been disappointed, you feel as if you have to be dishonest with your identity, with your needs, and with your desires. And trials and trauma is introduced into your life. It drives you to be less authentic, less vulnerable, and less connected. I know you don't, you, you think it didn't affect you, but isn't it funny how you keep telling everybody, I don't have female friends? Because it's the female that hurts you from your past that's still affecting your present. 
it makes you back up. Uh, men keep it real. Well, women keep it real too. You just got messed around with the wrong one. Show me a woman that has mastered how to be fake, and I'll show you a woman that's hiding from her hurt. Come here. Show me a woman that has mastered being shady, and I'll show you a woman that has built in a defense mechanism to avoid being offended again. I know, I know your neighbor ain't going to tell you, but just look down your road. There's somebody on your road. Look down your road. Just look down your road. There's somebody on your road that has a Ph.D. in shadeology. She ain't going to identify herself because she don't want you to really know that she could really be that shady. Because when your soul has been cut, you back up, you separate, you isolate not only your presence, but also your heart. Am I talking to any real woman in here today? I ain't talking to little girls. I'm talking to women today because could it be? That, that, that you have ta been taught how to be dishonest in order to maintain connection. Come here. Could it be that you were taught as a child to stay in a child's place and never express your feelings? Could it be that when you started dating, you learned being honest with people will run people out your life instead of in it? Could it be that you learned your friends could not handle your level of honesty, so instead of being real with people, you trained yourself to be superficial. Is this too heavy for y'all? I know it's 9.30 in the morning. It's too heavy for y'all? So you train yourself to keep your true feelings to yourself so that no one abandons you again. And it seems like the only time we become emotionally honest, watch this, is after heartbreak. You say how you really feel after loss has happened and you've healed from the loss. It's not till after you have gone through the heartbreak and healed from it that you're able to say, I will never do that again. God says it's time for you to be delivered from dishonesty. God, I don't know who this is for. Five of y'all catch this. God is getting ready to connect you to people that are not intimidated by your truth. Okay, I got the wrong church this morning. God is getting ready to expose you to people that can handle your truth and not judge you or reject you. And they say, anybody in there say, God, hook me up with somebody that I could be me 100% all day, every day, and they still love me for who I am. Is there anybody in here that say, I just want somebody in my life that loves me for who I am and that ain't going to push me away when I act a little off every now and again. I need somebody here to lift your hands and say, Lord, send me those kind of people into my life because I'm tired of people that can't handle who I really am. All right. Watch this. Watch this. Jesus takes a, uh, he, he takes a detour in his itinerary. Jesus takes a detour in his itinerary to meet, watch this, one woman. Um, he would, he would be on itinerary and he would feed 5,000. He would feed 15 to 20,000. He would speak to the multitude. But, but Jesus takes an, a, a detour in his itinerary just to go see one woman. Uh, if you're writing notes, put this first note down. 
I, I want you to realize that God sees you. God sees you. You're going to be a well woman. You have to first understand that God sees you. God, Jesus shows up, rearranging his schedule just to see this woman by the well. Jesus interrupts his itinerary, diverts from his destination to meet with this one lascivious, loose, thoughtish, oh, that blessed me right there. This, this one woman who, who, who got sugar daddies. This one woman whose reputation precedes her. You know that woman. That woman with a past. She done did some things. Ain't been saved all her life. You, you, know, that, you know that woman. That woman that don't want everything told about what she's done and where she been. You know that woman. That woman that has had a label attached to her identity that wasn't brought on by herself but was given by somebody else. You know that woman. You don't know that woman? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm that woman. I'm, I'm, I'm that woman. Oh, come on, church people. Y'all kill me sometimes because you act like you ain't got a pass and you act like you ain't never done nothing. You act like you ain't never been no place dirty. Okay, you want me to go there? I will go there this morning. Y'all going to play with me? I'm going to, I just got to go there. You're going to act like you ain't been with that married man. You're going you gonna, to you gonna act like that wasn't you uh -huh, that, that, that dipped and dabbled over into lesbianism. You're going you gonna to act like that wasn't you that wasn't experimental. You're you going to act like that wasn't you. Yeah, okay, you're going to sit up here and look at me like that? I will come down your road. You're going to act like you wasn't that one that had that best friend you told all her business you you gonna act like you weren't her you weren't you okay that wasn't you all right look at your neighbor and say yeah that was you that was you uh-huh look at him and say that was you and me because all have fought and come short of the glory of god all us got a past all us got some stuff i don't care how many hokamashandas you got i don't care how many times you think you done got saved over and over again all us that struggle with some am i talking to any real women in here that can say, Pastor, I'm that woman that got a pass. But he sees me. But he sees me. He sees me. He, he sees where I am. And he comes to see about me. The text says, she comes to the well about noontime. If you do your history, you will discover that that was not the time that people usually got water. They would usually go early in the morning because it wouldn't be as hot. Noontime, hottest day, hottest time of the day because the sun is right over your head. But she came at noontime, watch this, because she didn't want to deal with the thoughts and opinions of the other people that was drawing water. Jesus takes a detour to meet her at the right place, at the right time, to give her the right deliverance. I wish I had somebody right there. I came to announce to somebody, you at the right place at the right time for Jesus to give you your deliverance. I need to take a pause for the calls and find out is there anybody in here that believe that the steps, steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and I'm at the right place. You still looking at me like you're lost. Is there anybody here that say I'm at the right place at the right time to get the right deliverance that I need onto somebody? Throw your hands up. Throw your head back. Open up your mouth and give God 
God glory because you're at the right place. But here's, the, here's, here's, here's what I love about it. Jesus does not see her like everyone else sees her. She comes in the middle of the day to avoid those that know her reputation. Jesus shows up, watch this, and acknowledges, catch this, her responsibility. I know you got a past. I know you're doing some things. But what Jesus admonishes her is about her drawing water skills. Catch this. He acknowledges her responsibility. Jesus, ladies, sees the sacrifice you make when nobody else sees. And I talk real good. I got 15 minutes. I'm out of here. Jesus sees you getting up in the middle of the night with that child that have a temperature. Jesus sees you taking your last bit of energy and pouring into that vision that don't seem like it's coming to pass. Came to announce to somebody that Jesus sees what you're doing. I know in the church we have mastered that Jesus can see your bad, but I'm here to let you know that Jesus also sees your good. He sees how you are still coming when it's hot and you're sweating. And people are talking about you, but you're still pressing your way. Uh, see, I know the strength of who you are in your press. Because when you can press past what people got to say about you and still do what God called you to do, and you don't give a flip about what anybody has to say, God says, I'm going to see exactly your sacrifice. I came to announce to somebody that you've been sacrificing for a long time, but here's your prophetic word this morning. Payday is coming after a while because you have sacrificed, and God says, I'm going to pay you for every sacrifice you made for me. Is there anybody in here that can give God an advance praise on credit that God sees the sacrifice you have made? over your life. Somebody open up your mouth and give God glory for God seeing you. Watch this. He not only sees you, watch this, but God hears you. That's number two. Write that down. God sees you, number one. Number two, God hears you. Watch this. Um, I'm not an expert. You tell me if I'm right or wrong. Um, there's nothing that works harder than the mind of a woman. Because <laughs> uh, you give me a task, and then you try to give me another one, and I'm going to look at you and say, hold on. I can't do them two things at the same time. Give me one at a time. But a woman knows you have mastered the ministry of multitasking. You know how to have a baby on one hip and stir the pot with the other hand. Okay, I ain't, I ain't. You have mastered how to multitask. You, you've mastered your schedule, they schedule, your boss's schedule, all at the same time. You know how to juggle all the balls and not let one of them drop. I look at your neighbor and say, I'm a multitasker. Because you got so much responsibility. But the problem is, because you're so good at multitasking, your mind is working even while you sleep. Some of you ain't had a good night's rest in a long time because your mind is always working. What is they, did they, um, 
did he take out the trash? Um, did you feed the dog? Did you, did, did, did you lay out the clothes for tomorrow? And all them thoughts happened in a nanosecond. They all ran together at the same time. There's nothing that's worked harder than a mind of a woman. Here's what I've discovered. But that's what the enemy's after. Your mind. Because he knows, watch this. I, see the men, I'm glad, you know, they're not here. But, but I'm glad I got the women in here. Because if, if your mind go, he ain't got nothing. Just be honest, we, we be lost. I was walking down the hallway, and somebody from the welcome said, Pastor. Then somebody from Cafe, Pastor. Then Maisha came out of the Pastor. Then somebody else, Pastor. I can't answer all y'all at the same time. I said, I'm going to go in my office and hide because that's too much pressure. Let me tell you how special you are that you are able to handle the pressure that other people would crush up under. God, I wish I had somebody right there. I need to preach your life just for a minute because there's some stuff you have dealt with that you've had to juggle, that you've had to hold up with your own arms. I'm talking about no assistance, and you had to do it all by yourself. But by the grace and the mercy of God, look at you and where you are today. God gave you the grace to handle it all. I need somebody in here that ain't tied to their chair to give God a little bit of praise that he helped you to handle it all. Give your neighbor a high five and say, he helped me. He helped me. I almost threw in a towel. I almost gave up, but he helped me. I need somebody here to give God a praise that he gave you the grace for it. But here's where I'm going. Come here, woman at the well. Watch this. The problem that we struggle with is that we try to fix everything. shouted more when I said the men can't handle it by itself. But the problem is, because you're multitasking, you want to fix everything. You want everything to be fixed. And the problem with your life is that you are miserable. Because at best, you're fixing 30%. And you are feeling like a failure can't figure out why you can't fix everything. You tired right now. As I'm talking, you trying to fix my son. Well, if he would have said this, you here at the Freedom Church, but your mind is back home about what you need to fix right now. And you are stressing yourself out to fix everything. Um, go get your help. Um, Jesus, I don't have a help. You're right. You've had five. And the one you recognize is six angels. What is Jesus trying to say? Sometimes you can't fix everything from your past. Settle with the fact of being happy right now. 
so unfixed and you still live a good life? Or does every mistake you've made have to be fixed in order for you to be happy? Are you, are you stopping your life because you're trying to fix I'm still single? Have you, have you held up your entire life? Have you stopped being happy because you're trying to fix stuff from the past? You ready for this? shouldn't have did it in the first place. Sit down somewhere. your neighbor say take the pressure off take the pressure off take the pressure off take the pressure off because you are living a miserable life not being happy with what's not being fixed and there's some things that just ain't gonna be fixed but you got to make up in your mind I am gonna be happy right where I am regardless if I got it or not, not regardless if it's there or not regardless if the money is there or not here we go regardless if the man is there or not regardless if the friend is there or not I've determined I'm gonna live not my best life I'm gonna live my blessed life ah the rest of my days are going to be the best of my days. Is there anybody in here that say, I determined I'm going to be happy no matter what? You wearing yourself out. Trying to fix everything. Some relationships have ended because you try to fix them. And they got tired of the fixing. up to the toe up. It'll be a, the, la the laundry ain't going nowhere. It'll get down, it'll get done when it get done. I'm not saying don't, I'm not saying mismanage what God gives you. I'm saying stop beating yourself up over every little thing. Can I help you? No woman has to tear you apart. You tear your own self apart. You pick yourself That's enough for me to give God glory and give God praise. Okay, tell your neighbor, I'm getting ready to praise him right through here. I need to bless his name because whatever ain't fixed and I'm still here in my right mind, still got a little bit of happiness, that's enough for me to give God glory. Somebody open up your mouth and give a praise for what ain't fixed. Time has been 
predicated on external attachments. So if you had the bag, you had the house, you had the car, you had the man, you had the friends, you had the influence, you had the position, then that's what gave you value. Watch this. This is what the church don't teach us no more. You know what really gives you value? You ready? You know what really gives you value? Suffering. in the bank and still not feel worth a nickel. Suffering gives you value. I don't know your personal value until I can see what you've gone through. Because if you've gone through the suffering and still came out on the other side, honey, that's what gave you your value. If my car is broke down on the side of the road, I still got value. If I could look over again for the promotion, I still got value. Because after you have suffered a while, it is suffering that gives you your value. It's what you've gone through that gives you your value. See, some of you, you praise too easy on external stuff. Get your new outfit, you come to church, got a new kind of praise. God bless you. You can't barely lift your hands because you want to mess up your suit. But is there anybody in here that ever had to just recycle an outfit over and over and over again until the Lord had to bless you with a new one? Now, that's a good praise right there because it should have been worn out by now. It should have holes in it. But I got a God that kept me together through the rough and the muck and the mire, and I give God glory. I need those that have gone through the suffering to lift your hands and tell God, thank you that that gave me my value. You have value because of your suffering. It's not all this other stuff. It's your suffering. When you cry, it still got joy. It, it's, it's, when, it's when you've had your heart broken and your worship didn't stop. God, help me right through here. It, it's when you got abandoned and your, work, and your praise was still off the chain. Watch this. It's when you go through hell and high water and you don't get out the ministry. It's when you had to go through the tough times and you still stayed in the presence of God. That's what gives you your value. Now, am I talking to any women in here that got some value over that life? Say that God gave me my value because he kept me through everything that I went through. Somebody lift up your hands and tell God, thank you that I suffered. Thank you that I went through. Thank you that I had a heartbreak. Thank you that I had a frustration. Thank you that I was broken. Thank you that I was put back together. Thank you for everything I had to go through. For the suffering gave me my value. Okay. Oh, it's your suffering. Oh. All right. So I got to go. Got to let y'all go. But I got to give you this last point and I'm done. God told me to tell you this. Watch this. He sees you. He hears you. He values you. Okay? Write this down. This is your prophetic word. The Lord said this to me yesterday. I was done with this message. I had so much to say. And God told me to tell the people. He said, tell the people, tell the women of God, your next season will be a season of maintained victory. I said, your next season will be a season of maintained victory. Okay. Where your husband? I, I, where your husband? I ain't got no husband. Yeah, you have five and you got a situation right now. Watch this. When Jesus got done with this one woman, you keep reading the same text, you will discover that by the time you get down to 26, 27, 28, 
somewhere around there, you will discover that this one woman goes back to the city and starts telling the city about this man she ran into that told her all about her. Watch this. And she turns this one city upside down. This whole city starts following Jesus because the testimony of this one woman that had an encounter with Jesus at the well. Oh, come on, check the record. It's in the book. Here's the crazy part about it. You messed up over and over again. That's how you got five husbands. You messed up over and over again. God would give you the victory and you would go back to the foolishness. But God says in this next season, in your wellness, when you get to be a well woman, God says you got maintained victory this go round. That what used to get you before ain't getting you a kid. And I came to announce to somebody that your next season going to be a season of maintained victory. I might have failed before, but I'm not falling again. I might have failed before, but I'm not following falling again. I need to know, is there any woman in here that say, I'm ready for my season of maintained victory. The devil had me before, but he can't have me this time. I got the victory. I need the victorious women in this house to lift up your hands, open up your mouth, and tell God, thank you for my victory. I'm going to maintain it this time give three women a high five say maintain victory maintain victory I ain't going back to it again I'm not going to fall in it again I'm not going to mess up again I'm going to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord I'm going to stand flat footed and believe that God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all I can ask or think I'm going to have maintain victory Lift your hands all over the building and worship God for your maintained victory. Come on, well women, open up your mouth and thank God for maintained victory. You ain't losing it this time. You ain't losing it this time. You ain't gonna cry over that again. You're not gonna suffer from that again. Come on, maintain victory. Come on, you're not falling again. Hallelujah. Open up your mouth and give God glory for your maintained victory. Watch this. I'm getting ready to dismiss you into your classes. God says, your wellness is what's at stake. Church always stops at anointing. I want to go past anointed and what the real meaning of anointing is. God is going to make you effective. This next season, hear this, I need you to receive this. You will not, the spirit of feeling sorry for yourself stops today. I said maintain victory. There's a work that God has for you. There's an assignment over your life. But you got to maintain the victory. God says this next season, no longer feeling sorry for your past and what you've done. No, try, no go, not going back trying to fix everything that you can't fix. God says just believe that I will maintain your victory in this next season. Lift your hands, open up your mouth and bless him. Come on. Come on, 30 seconds of maintained victory. Come on, open up your mouth. Come on. Maintain victory. If they call you at 2 o'clock in the morning, you're going to roll right back over and go to sleep. 
because you're going to maintain victory. Hallelujah. God says, if I get you out of debt this time, don't go back to it again. Maintain victory. You've been having challenges in your health. God says, you're going to maintain this exercise routine this time. Maintain victory. Open up your mouth, ladies, and give God worship for maintain victory. He's going to maintain your victory. He sees you. He hears you. He values you. And he's going to maintain your victory. Clap your hands all over the building and give God the glory.